0: Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches, and after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like and helping others to do the same so we don't have to keep it all to ourselves. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of us exist, we may just feel more human and less like robots on autopilot. At least that's been my experience. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today we're chatting more about uh, neurotransmitters, um, and we had the big lie a couple of days ago. Um, No, not that one, (laughs) but that was part one. And so this is going to be part two, and really in part one we talked about the big lie which is that you know obesity is caused by you know laziness or lack of discipline that's the big lie i'm talking about here and what we talked about was that there's more at play here we talked about the role of sugar we talked about the reward center we talked about all the ways that we don't want to initiate dopamine release in our brains and so i thought to to create a part 2 of this would make sense because Okay, if we don't want to access dopamine through our addictions, then how do we access it? If our brain is so intent on making sure that we get, you know, flooded with with dopamine and other um, feel good neurotransmitters, then how do we make that happen? And again, I hope not to lose you on all the technical terms, um, but the big picture is we want to know how do we feel good without having to break our word to ourselves when it comes to, you know, breaking our Bad habits and then doing that activity anyway. So big introduction, but this is the big lie, part two, and it's called EDSO, E-D-S-O, which stands for each of the neurotransmitters that we enjoy. So in part one of the big lie found here, there's a link to it in this post, we discussed dopamine and the role of this feel-good natural neurotransmitter in our brains. We noted that our brains and specifically our nucleus accumbens, NA for short, are indifferent when it comes to the stimulant that heats up our NA and dopamine surges. Our brains and our NAs only care that dopamine is delivered, and they will go to whatever means is necessary to initiate that surge. Most of us have had an experience where we commit to not behaving in a way that we've deemed undesirable, and then Doing that behavior anyway. Part one of this post pulled the curtains back on the way our dopamine can be stimulated by engaging in activities we consider unhealthy or bad for us. We talked specifically about the brain's need for dopamine and how we will satisfy that craving no matter what it takes, even if that means we are lying to ourselves about what we will and won't put into our bodies. What we didn't discuss in part one is that there are other innate avenues in our miraculous bodies available for getting that same feel-good dopamine surge that don't involve bad habits or addiction. And we didn't discuss all the natural feel-good chemicals. goals. We only talked about dopamine. There are actually four, and they're referred to as EDSO, and that's pronounced EDSO, but stands for epinephrine dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin, and these all play a critical role in how quote-unquote we are feeling. If we can stimulate the production of these chemicals proactively, we may be less susceptible to breaking our promises to ourselves later. Increased presence may cause us to notice a decrease in the variability of our moods, This can make us less vulnerable as we reclaim our power, keeping our promises to ourselves. Edso production is not relying on a food binge or a trip to the casino. If we engage in certain behaviors, Edso production is actually bountiful without having to rely on our weaknesses or addictions to gain access. We can naturally program our brains to secrete these neurotransmitters without having to negatively impact ourselves in the process. So how can we increase the flow of these amazing, all is well and I belong, natural brain chemicals that help us feel everything is okay or at least okay for right now? The great news is that there are countless ways to accomplish this, many of which are free and infinite. As we learn to tap into our body's natural ability to heal and comfort itself, we can work to release ourselves from addictions. Instead of guilting, blaming, and shaming ourselves for whatever has us stuck, we begin to layer in some consistent behaviors so that EDSO secretion is plentiful and effortless. No addictions required. Getting our neurotransmitters fired up naturally constitutes a much longer discussion for each one, understanding how they work, and which levers we can pull for each. You can and you should do your own investigating. For our purposes, a small number of actions are shared below that have been thought to help our brain chemistry realign itself naturally. There aren't many surprises here, but hopefully the reminders are helpful. So the first one is sleep. And this is, yeah, when we take for granted, a minimum of seven to eight hours of sleep per night is what our body demands for high functioning. And this is actual sleep, not time in bed. So it's not get to bed at 10 and, you know, play on our phones until 12. And then we're up at, you know, five, checking our email, we go back to sleep, we wake up, no, we need seven to eight hours per night, unless you're you know, in that very small population of people, it's a a very small percentage of human beings that can um, not do damage to their body by not getting enough sleep. And if you're so inclined, quick plug for uh, a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. It's pretty fascinating stuff. If you are believing that sleep is not an issue for you, and you're sleeping five hours a night, you might want to take a look. So the next one is exercise. And I'm stressing frequent exercise frequent more so than infrequent but intense movement of the body through things like walking, yoga, cardio activities, and an overall active lifestyle. These things keep our brain pumping all day and all night. For example, instead of walking three miles a day in the morning, see what happens when you take three one-mile walks one in the morning, afternoon, and evening. Not all schedules will allow for this, obviously, but anything we can do to increase the frequency of moving our bodies is desired. I've heard it said that regular exercise is like taking a bit of Ritalin and a dose of Prozac. Both of these synthetic medications act on the EDSO neurotransmitters, which is what makes them, and exercise, effective. The third one, nutrition. Eat whole foods. Avoid sugary, fried, and processed foods, which can trigger mood dips. There is endless data on the importance of this. And if you're interested, try reading another book called In Defense of of Food by author Michael Pollan, who advises us to eat real food, mostly plants, and not too much. The next one is a big one connect with other humans. So, this is spending time with people. And live, this is critical, live person-to-person interaction. This is a major, in all caps, lever we can pull to balance our brain chemistry. Specifically, maintaining regular contact with someone who loves and supports us can transform our negative propensities and flood our brains with reminders via Edso production that we are part of a larger collective and not off on some island alone and isolated. This has become especially critical in the age of COVID-19, when so many of us are suffering medical symptoms resulting from prolonged isolation and lack of human connection. And let's not stop there. The next one is connect with your pets and connect with nature, and it's based on the same rationale. The unconditional love and acceptance we feel around our pets and also around nature our direct avenues to keeping our neurology balanced and our feel-good chemicals plentiful. Noticing that nature is brilliant and that we are part of that intelligence is a grounding exercise that can remind us again and again who we are in our most natural states. Seeing ourselves in nature is a connection so powerful, you really have to experience it for yourself. But in the meantime, play with your pets and study the flower and the featured image of this post. And if you're so inclined, ask yourself what problem your pet or the featured image of this lily has in this moment. Chances are good that the, a- the answer to those questions is going to be none because in the actual moment that we're in, we're usually not suffering in a way that we can conjure up in our minds for some future event. So this uh, activity of getting with our our pets who just, they're just so unconditionally loving or, you know, looking at a tree or looking at a beautiful um, flower or piece of nature can help us reconnect to that natural state. So the next one is meditate. (laughs) And you knew this one was coming, so... Don't act surprised. So many of us resist this free, flexible, customizable, and available anywhere, anytime resource. That's my plug for meditation. I didn't start understanding the material impact this practice could have on my quality of life. For the first 20 years, I intermittently tried it. But over the last five years or so, that's changed for me. Even practicing one minute of stillness before starting the day and as you end your day can be transformative. If you're curious about starting this practice, there are plenty of resources, but I also personally invite you to contact me if you have questions. I love sharing my experience with this. Lastly, sex, shopping, gambling, and other activities that can result in addiction are also known to increase the production of EDSO. If interested, I've shared another article That was in Harvard Women's Health Watch, and it's called Dopamine, the Pathway to Pleasure. The author is executive editor Stephanie Watson. And you also can and should identify your own authoritative resources, as we've talked about. But we know from experience that information is power. So understanding which levers we can pull to get the neurotransmitters flowing and which ones we can avoid will help us make decisions that bring our quality of life into a new space of Clarity, less distraction, and more understanding about how to best care for ourselves so that our quality of life and those uh, quality of li- lives of those around us are also positively impacted. So, in summary, parts one and two of the big lie post have been shared to communicate that we do not have to be indentured to our minds and their whimsical yet cunning and deceptive maneuvers. We now know that they will be skillful when they want more dopamine. Seeking to understand what role our life's activities and choices play in driving the chemicals in our brain is a powerful first step in breaking the hold a bad habit may have on us. Remember, our brains are the most magical, intelligent, creative, and malleable computers in the universe. Checking out the user's manual on these priceless machines is not a bad idea from time to time. And as always, please check with your medical provider for medical advice. This post is for thoughtful consideration only. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path Podcast. And as promised, we reviewed some of the other neurotransmitters that are natural and released um, as a result of stimulation. And these are the chemicals that, so epinephrine is that one that would make you, you know, be able to lift a car if your kid was stuck under it, (laughs) like superhuman power. That's kind of like how I think about epinephrine dopamine. We've talked about serotonin, uh, is much like dopamine in that it's complex and it modulates mood and cognition, um, so it's so it's it works similarly, but it's just it's a different um construct and then the last one, oxytocin, you might know well, going back so serotonin you might have heard of because many of the medical interventions and in drug therapies right now are focused on serotonin reuptake inhibitors or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors s s r i s like um zoloft, I think is one. Um, so you may have heard of that before, but the whole purpose of taking an antidepressant with regard to serotonin is to block um, certain reuptake of the serotonin so that your brain makes more so it doesn't actually settle with the, with the level that it has. Um, but it, it wants to create more serotonin because it doesn't see the ser- serotonin that's there. So that's a quick thing. Um, and then the oxytocin, if you've had a baby, might be familiar with this one, but this is literally the the neurotransmitter that's secreted when we give birth, when we nurse, when we feel love, when we feel part of something bigger than ourselves. It's very powerful, not necessarily aware of its power and how much we make decisions based on the needs for these um, neurotransmitters, epinephrine, dopamine. Serotonin and oxytocin. So, hope I didn't lose you on all of that again with the medical terms, but it's important for us to understand these things if we want to really maximize our ability to use our brains in ways that get us, you know, what we want, which is for me the best possible quality of life that I can so that I can, you know, be as productive as possible and enjoy uh, being in this body for a little bit. So, Thank you for joining. And as always, let's try to stay present and stay grateful and stay healing. And I really do appreciate you listening to another extended post.